0: chapter 8 of the mystery of the hidden room this librivox recording is in the public domain the mystery of the hidden room by marion harvey chapter 8 lee darwin the coroner's retort if he made one was lost to me for at this moment loud voices were heard in the hall and a burly policeman came hurriedly into the room what is it riley asked the coroner in an annoyed tone a uh, begging your pardon sir but there's a young man out here and a devil of a strong young man he is your honor said the policeman what does he want sure and he says he's lee darwin but i'm on to their little tricks and sure by the looks of him I'D SAY HE WAS ONE OF THEM FRESH CUB REPORTERS THAT WORRIES THE LIFE OUT OF US HUNTING FOR NEWS." "'Reporter be hanged!' exclaimed a wrathful voice as a young man strode into the room. Here the details of the scene before him, the frowning coroner, the amazed jury, the dignified lawyer, sank into his consciousness and he stopped abruptly a few feet from the table what is the meaning of all this he inquired but in a more subdued tone mr cunningham what are all these people doing here before the lawyer could answer him he cried out suddenly my uncle what has happened to him mr darwin was shot last night answered the coroner shot you-you mean murdered in a horrified whisper The coroner nodded, then said briskly, "'I am glad you are here. There are several questions I should like to ask you.' "'I am at your service.' The defiant lift of the head as he spoke, and the fiery look he cast around the room, as if challenging us to contradict him, were so like the actions of a creature at bay that I examined him more attentively. He was a tall, broad-shouldered, dark young man, with a pair of snapping black eyes that roamed restlessly about the room during his entire examination. It was evident that he was laboring under some strong emotion, for much, as he controlled his voice and strove to appear calm, the muscles of his face betrayed him by their involuntary twitching and his hands were clenched convulsively at his sides you had a misunderstanding with your uncle yesterday morning is my information correct no answer only a savage look in orton's direction as though he divined the source of the coroner's knowledge of his affairs i should like an answer if you please with some asperity the young man laughed harshly i'd call it a quarrel he said a quarrel eh what was the subject of this quarrel a slight pause while he mentally debated the wisdom of replying then with a sudden abandonment of his former brief manner he said quickly i objected to the way my uncle treated his wife he took umbrage at what he called my impertinence and told me to clear out i did it was none too congenial here what do you mean by that last statement my uncle was always at daggers points with his father-in-law for what reason i do not know i fancy though that it was something pretty strong that my uncle held over mr trenton I have heard him say things that had I been Mr. Trenton instead of listening meekly, I'd have jumped up and knocked him down. What was Mr. Trenton's attitude toward your uncle? He was always very pleasant to him, and never seemed to take offense at what my uncle said." The coroner made a note on one of his many papers, and then resumed his questions. "'What brought you back this morning if you had left the house for good?' "'I came to get the rest of my belongings. I left rather suddenly yesterday.' "'When did you last see your uncle?' "'In this study when I quarreled with him yesterday morning.' "'Did you notice whether he was wearing a ring on the little finger of his left hand?' "'Was it my fancy or did he pale?' "'My uncle never wore any rings,' Lee Darwin answered. "'Yet the physician testified that a ring had been pulled off his finger. "'He wore none when I saw him last.' "'How proudly, and it seemed to me how sadly, that was said. "'Mr. Darwin, did you ever see that handkerchief before?' As the coroner held up the dainty trifle, the young man started and with a quick indrawn breath he leaned closer to examine it then with a look of relief he straightened to his full height no i do not recognize it he said whose did you think it was when i first held it up again coroner graves surprised me by his astuteness why why ruth's mrs darwin's stammered the young man somewhat taken aback and it isn't hers persisted the coroner no i'm positive it isn't certainly he was a young man after my own heart would you swear to that fact went on the coroner inexorably look here do you think i'm lying to you demanded lee darwin angrily would you swear to that fact repeated the coroner monotonously taking no notice of the outbreak a dull red suffused the young man's dark face and his eyes smoldered as he glanced at the coroner i refuse to answer he said sullenly the coroner shrugged having won the battle by creating just the impression that he desired namely that the handkerchief was Ruth's, and that for some reason Lee was trying to protect her. I swore softly below my breath at the blunder young Darwin had committed in becoming angered, for though I knew he could possibly have no motive for shielding Ruth, having heard none of the previous evidence, he had yet managed to strengthen the case against her by his strange attitude. "'Mr. Darwin, did you ever hear of Cora Manning?' suddenly inquired the coroner. Lee Darwin had himself better in hand this time, for his face did not change from its sullen aspect, but he could not help clenching his closed hand tighter until the knuckles showed white through the flesh. That action alone told me that he knew the woman whose name was on Philip Darwin's unfinished will. It also told me that he would deny it. So I was not surprised when he said, a little stiffly, as though he found it hard to speak at all, No, I do not know her. When you first recognized my official capacity, what made you think something had happened to your uncle? For a moment he seemed nonplussed. Then he answered readily enough, i suppose it was because i was entering his house and the thought of its master and our last meeting was uppermost in my mind you are sure that it wasn't because you knew beforehand that he was dead i thought he was going to faint so pale did he become but he rallied instantly and said haughtily do you presume to intimate that i killed my uncle not at all since you could not possibly have been in the room at the time responded the coroner i merely wish to learn whether when you were standing outside the house late last night you saw what occurred in the study this statement created an immense sensation everyone looked at everyone else and then at lee darwin who stood before the coroner with blazing eyes and head flung high i came here to get my belongings and not to be questioned about an affair of which i know nothing he exclaimed angrily i refuse to answer further the coroner shrugged of course it is not really important you can tell your story in court when you have been arrested as an accessory after the fact i know nothing about it i tell you cried Darwin, in exasperation. "'Your footprints were found in the flower bed outside the study window. "'What were you doing there at that time of night?' "'Lee Darwin laughed outright. "'Whether with relief or hysteria, I don't know, "'though I incline to the former. "'Your honor, your minions are not as clever as they seem to think.' "'I made those footprints yesterday morning when I left the house through the study window. "'I turned around and stood there a moment to shake my fist at my uncle,' he said sarcastically. "'Just a moment, Mr. Darwin.' "'Mason,' called the coroner. The old butler came forward, timidly. "'Did you see Mr. Lee Darwin leave the house yesterday morning?' inquired the coroner. "'No, sir. I knew he was in the study after breakfast, but I did not notice whether he came out,' he answered, peering anxiously at the young man. "'That will do. Mr. Orton, please.' The secretary rose and took the butler's place, and as though he had anticipated the question, he said eagerly, Mr. Lee Darwin left the house by the window yesterday morning. It struck me he was trying to curry favor with young Darwin by the way he spoke and fawned upon him. You are positive of this, said the coroner. Yes, Mr. Lee was just leaving the house when his uncle said something to him, and he followed him into the study. I was waiting for Mr. Darwin in the hall and after the quarrel i entered the study at mr darwin's summons in time to see mr lee leave by the window and then turn back again as he said now that the word of a gentleman has been vouched for by that of a miserable spy i trust you will permit me to go to my apartments the sneer that accompanied the words made orton wince but the coroner remained imperturbed. He granted the permission with a wave of the hand. "'Would it be asking too much to allow me to see my uncle's body?' inquired the young man, pausing in the doorway. "'Unfortunately, your uncle has been removed to the undertaker's,' responded the coroner affably. "'If you care to call on them,' with a gesture of disgust, the young man left the room and the coroner was human enough to enjoy his advantage after his own discomfiture at young darwin's hands and now only ruth remained to be questioned would he tell me or orton to summon her to my surprise he called cunningham to him and after a whispered consultation the lawyer left the room and i heard him ascending the stairs this unexpected move the coroner explained in a few curt words under the circumstances mrs darwin is entitled to counsel he said mr cunningham has kindly consented to act in that capacity this afternoon had the case against her progressed to the point where she needed legal advice then indeed i had nothing to hope for from the interview which was now about to take place end of chapter eight